Good afternoon. Welcome in to our Thursday show here on PowerMizzou.com. That is Opposition Research presented to you by Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones. Every week we take a little bit longer look at Missouri's opponent on Saturday uh, through the eyes of someone who knows a lot more about them than, uh, than I tend to, to be quite honest. When it comes to your financial future, it's important to work with somebody who takes the time to understand you and your situation. Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones will take a step-by-step approach to identify your goals and develop specific strategies to help you achieve them. Contact Stuart today at 573-817-3108 to see how personal service can make a difference. You can also go to edwardjones.com and find Stuart on there. Speaking of strategies, Missouri's this week is to stop the run against anyone ever, like just for a second. And uh, we're going to find out if they can do that against North Texas. We're talking with Brett Vito from the Denton Record Chronicle. Uh, Brett, first off, man, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes out of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So that's the question with Missouri we're going to get to. I know North Texas has quarterback questions and the offense hasn't been great, but the qualification to score points against Missouri lately has been have a quarterback who can turn around and hand the ball to anyone who won't fall down completely on his own. Um, I think North Texas has that. They run the ball pretty well. Yeah, they do. Uh, they've That's been the strength of their team throughout this season. Uh, they have a pretty decent offensive line, and they also have a, a, a good mid-major running back by the name of DeAndre Torrey. He was a guy that uh, was a good player at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And North Texas wasn't looking to take a junior college running back a few years ago, but they happened to cross DeAndre in their uh, pursuit of, you know, finding the guys to fill out their class. And they decided that he was just too good to pass up. So he, uh, they recruited him. DeAndre passed on some other, you know, mid-major type offers from Troy and South Alabama and decided to come play for North Texas. And it's worked out for everyone involved. He's not the biggest guy out there. He's about five foot seven and about 200 pounds. But he's been remarkably productive. His first game at North Texas, he returned to kickoff 99 yards for a touchdown against SNU. And he's just been a steady contributor ever since. You know, he's gone over 2,000 yards for his career and has just been remarkably productive across the board. And North Texas is dependent on him a lot this year. Yeah, if uh, DeAndre's averaging 129 yards a game, if he can do that and two other North Texas players can do that, they'll be within 100 of how much Tennessee ran for last week against Missouri. Um, so obviously that's been the story up here. I mean, what's the, in talking to Seth Luttrell and his staff and his players, you know, last week, hey, one of the Tennessee starting running backs said, I don't want to say much about Missouri's defense, but we're going to have some fun. And then they came up and backed it up. What I, I doubt we're seeing bulletin board material like that from North Texas, but what have you heard from from the coaches and players down there as far as this Missouri defense and, and like what they're expecting to see considering it is dead last in the country in stopping the run? Well, yeah, you know, you ask those questions, you know, I don't think anybody said anything outlandish. Uh, DeAndre said, you know, hey, we saw some things that, you know, maybe we can exploit which is about, a, is about as big a bulletin board <laughs> material as you're ever going to get, which, I mean, I think I don't think that's really bulletin board material. Right. I think that's right. kind of, you know, a realistic outlook of the whole thing. But, you know, the rest of the guys on this team, and, and Seth Luttrell will tell you that <clears throat> while Missouri struggled, Missouri has SEC size and SEC speed and SEC talent. And that's uh, the main concern for, for North Texas because – 
you know, it, 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 there's just a different world in the SEC as compared to what North Texas is is faced right. uh, typically throughout the throughout the conference play. So that that'll be a huge challenge for them. They, uh, I know in North Texas's last couple of games, they haven't thrown for a hundred yards. I mean, what what's going on with with the passing game, and and who's the quarterback here this weekend? Well, I think they've had a lot of problems in the passing game that have that you can kind of point to a lot of different things that have been factors. First off, you know they they rotated. They've been searching for a quarterback ever since Mason Fine left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Mason Fine's playing up in Canada now. He's statistically the best quarterback they've ever had. I mean, granted, they did have a quarterback back in the '60s and ended up playing in the NFL for a long time, but. As far as like statistically speaking, you know, Mason threw for a ridiculous amount of yards, set all the records, and you know he graduated. And the, the challenge for North Texas ever since has been finding a guy to replace him, and it's been a struggle. Uh, last year they rotated a former minor league baseball player named Austin Ani and Jason Bean in the job, and then Jason transferred out and left, he's and Kansas, he's now right? the starting quarterback in Kansas. So that left. Austin, and they brought in a transfer from North Carolina named Jace Reuter to compete for the job. And uh, they competed in the offseason. Reuter won the job. Um, and, you know, it, early in the season, he had some moments. He had a really nice game against SMU, uh, put up some good yards there in that game against SMU. He threw for 366 yards and a touchdown against SMU. And ever since then, it's just kind of gone down the drain. Yeah. Um, and a, a little bit is quarterback problems, but the other thing that's really killed them is two of their best wide receivers <clears throat> went down with injury, and you knew they were going to have some issues with wide receiver because they lost DeAndre. Uh, they they lost their best wide receiver after last year, Jalen Darden, ended up getting picked in the fourth round, and he's with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. So you lose a guy like that, that's the first guy North Texas has has had drafted in over a decade. So you lose a guy like that, that's a killer. And then on top of it, they lost uh, Tommy Bush, who was a transfer from Georgia, mm-hmm. to a leg injury against SMU. And then they right after that, the next week, they lost Jair Shorter, who's their other good wide receiver <laughs> they still had, to another injury. So now they're down two of those guys. And they've also had, and before the season started, they lost uh, Oscar Attaway, their other really good running back. So they're just dealing with not having much um, to work with offensively, mm-hmm. and that's been a big problem. That's you know just played into the issues they've had in the passing game. I, I think that kind of explains. My next question was going to be: I mean, Seth Luttrell obviously comes from Oklahoma. I'm not sure a lot of Missouri fans know he was actually teammates with Josh Heupel back in the day, and uh, you know obviously has some background in that air raid system, and they put up all kinds of numbers. But it sounds like more than anything wrong with the system. It's just they don't have the guys right now available. Oh, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, I, I think a little bit of their struggles, uh, and we've written about this, is you know they did lose Graham Harrell, who was a key part mm-hmm. of the whole of the whole operation after the 2018 season. He, uh, you know, he was the guy that developed Mason Fine. You know, the the former great college quarterback at Tech, and then he went out to go be the offensive coordinator at. Uh, Southern Cal, and then right. they had a one-year. They brought in a uh, Bodie Reader, who lasted a year before he got fired. And then you know they you know, then Seth called plays last year, and uh, they they had a, a kind of a three-headed offensive coordinator system last year. They kept the same guys, but you know now the the, off, the former the offensive line coach is calling the plays, and it's just 
you know, hasn't quite worked out. I mean, Seth's a terrific offensive mind. It's just that he hasn't seemed to have had the right mix of quarterback, wide receivers, and then assistant coaches to kind of get the thing going like it was a couple of years ago when they were putting up ridiculous video game numbers. Right. And and I think that's the that's still the impression a lot of Missouri fans and a lot of fans maybe that aren't don't follow North Texas every week have is this 2018 team that, Hey, they beat Arkansas and they, they were a pretty big deal there. Um, you know, it's obviously fallen on, on a little bit tougher times here in the last few years. I mean, is Seth still on, on pretty good ground down there and everything and going to get a chance to get this thing going again? Yeah. I mean, I think Seth's a good coach and, you know, I, but that's a question that remains to be seen. We wrote about it earlier in the year that they did, uh, renegotiate his contract in the offseason to rework his buyout clause. So to put in there specifically is some stipulations that he would, if they were to buy him out, that he would have to uh, mitigate their obligation, financial obligation to him by seeking a, you know, a, a, a similar position right. or uh, a position of like, if he went and took the offensive coordinator job at an SEC school or, you know, at a place like North Carolina, because remember he was in North Carolina as the OC before he yeah. came here, you know, that they, that if he took that job, that that school would have to pay him um, the, uh, a market rate salary. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you start talking about a, a school that's, you know, fiddling with contracts to make sure that their uh, mitigation clause includes right. that he takes a market rate salary. So you couldn't go to say some uh, power five school and take a, a court, a, a coordinator job and they pay him at like a graduate assistant, you know, right. when you start doing those kinds of things, you kind of think you, you're on a little bit of a tenuous footing there, but you know, we'll have to see what happens the rest of the season. Yeah. There, there are actually a lot of ties here between these programs. I mean, when Barry Odom got the job here in 2016, Seth Luttrell was still at North Carolina and was high on his list as as an offensive coordinator. Then Seth got the North Texas job, and and Barry ended up hiring Heupel. And then, of course, uh, Ren Baker is came from Missouri down the AD down there. A lot of people up here thought he was a guy that would have made a lot of sense when Missouri needed an AD about two months ago. Didn't happen. Uh, but uh, before we get to the the defensive part of it, I do want to just kind of ask you. I mean. How happy is uh, is everybody with Ren down there, and how's everything gone under his watch? You know, I, I just we published a big story on Ren going back to Missouri here mm-hmm. just yesterday. Yeah, um, I saw that. I think he's he's really happy here. And the thing that uh, that's that I think that that gives Ren a little bit of a comfort here is he's kind of in his uh, you know his his footprint geographically. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, an Oklahoma guy, an Oklahoma State guy. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of family and relatives that are very, that are fairly close. Um, and he's, he's very well liked and respected at the school. He's got a good relationship with, um, the president. He really likes him. He's, we've reported that they're in the process of finalizing a contract extension with them. So he's really done well here and he's really well liked just among UNT's fans and all the coaches really like him. And I just think they're going to try to hang on to him for as long as they can. And it doesn't hurt when you go out and get the first NCAA tournament win in school history either last year. So uh, that's a, that's a nice little feather in in his cap. Uh, but back to football. Uh, so we've established. Look, 
North Texas very well could put up a good number of points. It's weakness versus weakness, the way North Texas' offense has gone and Missouri's defense. But what about North Texas defensively? Um, they come in here. What what worries Seth Luttrell and his staff, uh, other than, hey, they're facing a, a team that, that probably has athletes like they haven't really seen so far this season? Well, I think the thing that uh, when you start talking about North Texas' defense, I think the place you need to start is the fact that Phil Bennett really has – seem to to have this team heading in a positive direction. You know, Phil's a name that everybody knows. He was SEC people know he was at LSU and a lot of different places. He was the head coach at SMU. He was at Arizona State in his last stop. And he had kind of gotten out of it a little bit um, because he had some health problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, once he got out after he, he was in a bike wreck at Baylor when he was working there. And that caused him some, some health issues. He went to Arizona State. Um, you know, and when that's – he could have come back under Herm Edwards at Arizona State, but he just decided it was time for him to get out and get some of his medical issues addressed. So he had a whole bunch of surgeries that helped him kind of get back to where he felt better physically. You know, I think he – I have to look back at my story, but I think he had like knee surgery, neck surgery, and all this other stuff. So he got, basically went in for the old tune-up. And when he came out of that, he, uh, he felt a little bit better and – he is super close with Luttrell. So uh, from their time together in Oklahoma when uh, Seth was playing and, and Phil was a coach there, and Phil's kind of been a mentor to him. So Phil kind of came out of retirement to to uh, try to help fix North Texas's defense that it had two – well, he's the third coordinator in three years. And he's really done a good job. You know, they, they had the shutout in the second half against Louisiana Tech in the game that they lost there. But they just have looked so much more competent this year with Phil – and, uh, you know, he doesn't have, like, you know, a bunch of SEC-level players, but he's got some decent talent on that side of the ball, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do against uh, do against Missouri, which, you know, has a quarterback that's throwing it real well. They've got a quality running back. It'll be probably the biggest challenge that they've faced since they – well, it will be the biggest challenge they've faced since they went down to Mizzou. I mean, not Mizzou. They went down to SMU. Right. And uh, they played – Fairly well in that game. I mean, they they were right in that. They shut out SMU th- through most of the first half before uh, Rasheed Rice caught a ball and kind of got in some space and took it to the house and ended up giving them a seven to six lead at SMU a seven to six lead at halftime. But you know, so that's the thing. They've they've shown some positive things here things here and there. They shut out SMU for almost a half. They shut out Louisiana Tech for a full half. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how they do against a, a higher level of competition. It, just looking at numbers, I mean, it, it's not necessarily standout either place, but it, it looks to me like they've probably been a little bit better against the run than the pass. Is, is that fair to say, or is that is that statistics misleading me? No, I think there, there's something to be said there. The, some of the best players they have, and well, arguably, I mean, the best player they have is their big defensive tackle. His name's Dion Noville. Mm-hmm. He was one of those typical mid-major type prospects where, you know, he kind of came in as a defensive end, and then they just kept growing him and growing him and growing him. And he uh, ended up playing nose tackle last year at 330 pounds. They went to a, uh, kind of a base four-man front this year, so he slimmed back down to 300. And he's a really good player up in the front there. And then they have a linebacker named uh, Tyree Davis and KD Davis. There's the two of them. And KD's having a particularly good year uh, for them. He's he's got he's had I think five you know a couple of sacks and about six tackles for loss. So I mean they've got some decent players in their front seven. The thing is, is just outside of Dion, they're just kind of small. 
mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole thing. Uh, KD and Tyreek are both converted high school safeties. You know, they grew into um, grew into linebackers on the cause level. And KD is officially listed at 229 pounds. And uh, Tyreek plays an Eagles, Eagle spot, which is kind of a hybrid spot. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, uh, defense back at 192 pounds. There are other... Linebacker uh, Kevin Woods listed at 219. So they have some solid players up front that have helped them play well against the the run. Uh, they have the Murphy twins at defensive end, who are about 255 pounds apiece, identical twins that are, oh, wow. are pretty decent players. So they have some good players in the front, and that's why I think they've been a little bit more effective against the the run this year. Yeah, they got 27 tackles for a loss as a team this year. I've got to imagine that the recipe here is if if they want to be in this thing and have a chance, the recipe is hey, throw them off course on first down, win the turnover battle, and then we'll take our chances in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I you know I've covered this team for a long, long time, and that's kind of the formula. If you're going to have a mid major team that uh, hangs with a hangs with a big dog from. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a power conference, and it's happened a few times. Like we've mentioned, they did beat Arkansas those that year, and they did hang with. I'm forgetting of several years ago now. They they hung with another power conference team, and it looked like they were going to pull it off there for a while before they kind of the power conference team kind of woke up and pulled away. And that's usually what if that's going to happen. What ends up what ends up making it happen? And I'm sure you're aware of this as well. Is you have a whole bunch of big plays go your way, uh, you know, turnovers a big long, you know, punt return or something like that. And, you know, you get a couple of those things going your way and maybe the momentum starts to shift your way and you make a couple of, make a couple of stops along the way and get some doubt among the, among the players on that other team. And that's kind of the formula for it. So that's what they'll be looking for here. If they could, maybe DeAndre could bust a big long run where, yeah, big long run early in the game and maybe they get a turnover and they get a bit of a lead and, you know, maybe things start to, to go your way, that would be the, the formula I would think for success for North Texas. Or just do something like pull off the play of the year, like a, a viral fake punt, like they did at Arkansas a few years ago. And uh, I still remember that play. That was that was phenomenal. But I saw you, uh, I saw you picked Missouri to win this game in, in your all's paper, thirty-eight twenty-one. And let me tell you, Missouri fans would will. Uh, they would love you to be right uh, about Missouri holding anyone to 21 points. I believe I picked a Missouri 81-78 in this game. I think I was joking, but I'm not 100% sure I was joking. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the interesting thing about these games is because, you know, when you start getting teams that are from a wide range, from opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of the hierarchy of college football, I mean, what do you expect? Okay, well, North Texas has really struggled to score, you know, at all. But Missouri's kind of really struggled defensively. So how do you gauge that? Right. Do you think, okay, well, you know, North Texas has really struggled to score against Conference USA level teams. So certainly they're not going to do anything against an SEC type school that's got SEC talent. Or do you think, okay, well, you know, Missouri's struggled defensively. They haven't really stopped anybody. But, you know, so maybe this will be North Texas's opportunity to to maybe score some points, maybe get up to scoring 21 in a game like this. I, I It's just hard to tell how that, those kinds of things are going to play out. Yeah, predictions serve no purpose except to make people like you and I who make them look stupid every week. So, uh, you know, that's all right. Uh, it gets people to read what you're doing, you know. Exactly. The, the fun thing. You know, we're, you, you kind of have a little bit of an insight if you cover – cover a team like that but I mean it's still just a, a wild stab at what you think is going to happen and which really makes no difference in the large scheme of things but it's a great discussion point for 
for people. A hundred percent. Well, Brett, I appreciate you taking some time and uh, look forward to the game. Are you, are you making the trip up to Columbia or are you guys kind of cutting back on travel with the way that every school just does everything differently now? Yeah. You know, I've, I, I've been to every North Texas game since 2003. Okay. Since when I started. So I've made every single one. So I'm flying up to St. Louis for, uh, this will be another, I'll be able to scratch another SEC venue off my list of every place that I've been, you know, cause I've, I've been to the cool ones. I've been to LSU, yep. been to Alabama, you know, been to Clemson, been to places like that. And that's always kind of fun just to see, uh, you know, the, the big venues and the big places like that. Uh, and, and you know, sure. I've never been to Ferrofield. I actually went to Truman state. So okay. I'll be back where I went to school. So that'll be kind of fun, but, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but this will be another one off the old list there. All right. Well, get yourself a Shakespeare's pizza and enjoy Columbia, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Have a good one. That's Brett Vito from the Denton record Chronicle. He is the North Texas beat writer, uh, covering the mean green and obviously knows a heck of a lot more about him than I do. So that's why we had him on, uh, uh, look, the truth is Missouri's favored by 20 points and should win this game. North Texas's weakness is offense. Missouri's weakness is defense. But North Texas's weakness should be weaker than Missouri's weakness, right? I, I don't see Missouri possibly being as bad as they were last weekend again this season. I'm not saying this is a great defense, but 458 rushing yards and, you know, never legitimately getting a stop because tennis, the only time they got a stop, Tennessee actually scored. I don't think they're going to be that bad again. So should Missouri win this game? Absolutely they should. But weird things happen, and Missouri probably doesn't have a lot of confidence, and I'll just say what I said going into SEMO. Hey, if they hold North Texas down and North Texas scores 17 points and doesn't have a lot of offense, then don't come back here on Saturday night at the postgame show and try to tell me everything's fixed. I'll believe everything's fixed maybe a couple weeks down the road. But I appreciate Brett joining us and giving you guys a a little more insight into the mean green. And also appreciate Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones. Want to remind you guys one more time on the way out the door. They're over on Rainbow Trout Drive in Columbia. You can reach them at 573-817-3108 or online at edwardjones.com. Uh, Stuart can pretty much do anything for you, whether it's retirement, whether it's estate considerations, just kind of protecting what you have and making sure you're investing that wisely. I actually, uh, just before the show started, uh, sent Stuart and his assistant an email, had a couple questions. They got back to me within five minutes. Uh, great customer service over there. Would highly recommend any of you guys who have any um, needs for financial planning, just give Stuart a shot uh, at your business first. And then if you want to look around, go ahead and look around. But uh, pretty confident that you will be happy with what he can do for you. Uh, hopefully you're happy this weekend when Missouri faces North Texas homecoming 3 o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Joe Wall Jasper going to join me on the Master Tech Choosing Wisely Picks show. So we'll have that. We'll have pregame on uh, Saturday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will talk to you guys later.